Hello, this is Pablo Sabaleta. This is Troy Dini. This is Kevin Phillips. This is Jürgen Klopp and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. Look, I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios keep us on the road. This independent podcast simply wouldn't happen without them. Please head to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now. Join us, become a socio, a member, and you'll get extra big interview content every month, plus lots of bonuses. We need you. We can't do this without you. Well, look, I guess the message for uh, Spain is don't bring Cristiano Ronaldo's tax case to trial immediately before facing Portugal. Uh, we're an experience. I guess everybody's listening to the big inside view was watching Portugal 3, Spain 3, and it's at times like this when it's impossible not to admit publicly the privilege of doing the job I do, whereby um, from Krasnodar in um, you know the south of Russia, a 40-minute flight took me uh, down to Sochi for this match. We flew just because of the way our work goes. We flew with the team. Um, it, it kind of... I like the little poetic images because it took a little uh, turn towards this um, result with the last-minute equaliser from Cristiano Ronaldo on arrival because the plane took two shots at landing. Um, in fact, the the plane coming down was you know well into its uh, landing trajectory when it pulled up. I have no idea why, but it did. And then um, on arrival at the stadium later that day, uh, the bus pulls up into the tunnel in Sochi's Fish Stadium and Fernando Hierro, who can be forgiven after a busy couple of days, as you might have noticed, gets out of the bus and heads into the wrong room instead of going uh, around the front of the bus and left towards the Spain dressing room. He jumps off and heads down a tunnel that's not really the right way to go at all. And those little images of it just not being quite right Spain end up with um, David De Gea having a difficult uh, night. Ronaldo with the shot. Oh, it's gone in! An error from David De Gea and Cristiano Ronaldo gets Portugal's second goal of the night, his second goal of the night, and very much against the run of play, Portugal are back in front. Not just the goal that he lets in, but in the two moments where it looked as if his either his fears about the ball, which he's talked about, the, he, he doesn't particularly enjoy the way that it moves. Um, he blames himself for not getting his knee down quickly enough for the goal. But nonetheless, it, it did look like um, one of those moments that he will um, find it difficult to forget his second in three games um, after the way that unusual way that he handled the Switzerland goal in the Madrigal. So therefore, the image of things not being quite absolutely 100% for Spain um, started off on landing, but then changed completely. I, I want to share with you the, the absolute gorgeous beauty of um, Sochi Stadium, the setting for this match. And it was interesting to me because it so reminded me of uh, Durban, the place in which the Spain World Cup win of 2010 began with that, Pretty embarrassing and, and, and very 
costly 1-0 defeat against Switzerland. I say costly because it sent the Spain camp into a pretty hostile um, reaction to the way in which the Spanish media uh, criticised the coach, the team selection, the the use of Sergio Busquets. And in the end, it, it led to two really tense games against Honduras and Chile to get out. And therefore, I don't know, I had a small premonition looking at the Sochi Stadium, which is so reminiscent of the one in Durban in its architecture. But it's And it's also right on the water, um, just as Durban was too. And it, it's an utterly, utterly beautiful stadium. Um, really well designed, very modern, unusual shape. Um, I bet it made good TV. I didn't have a monitor at the game, so... I'm guessing there, but um, the atmosphere was superb. The way in which the the people run the stadium, whether it be security or directions or how you get around behind the scenes, absolutely fabulous. And as such, the, the, the training sessions went off um, without too many hitches and really without too many indications about whether it would be Rodrigo or Diego Costa starting. But I must have I bet on uh, Costa starting simply because I've heard Fernando Hierro speak um, so well about the Brazilian who turn, turned Spaniard in terms of his physical prowess, his, his love of a rock. Um, and therefore, I thought that he would win the place over Rodrigo, although Aspas is the guy that I still think can be um, the player to do special things in this tournament. Nonetheless, um, I'm pleased to say that pretty much I got the team right from training but there weren't many very many clues there what we did see immediately in training on the night before this glorious 3-3 draw game was the mood and and it absolutely leapt out at you they invented a a new game where you're, you're jogging around all the Spain players were jogging around and on a given shout you have to sort of clasp each other in groups of four and if you're in a group of two or three um it's a, it's a species of pass the parcel or whatever but if you're if you're not in a in a group of four then then you're in trouble and you've lost the drill and it was you know there was a total mix of every grab everybody so it was Barca players Madrid players Valencia players didn't matter a, a hoot it was grab or you're out and there was so much laughter and there was a really good moment when um Sergio Ramos had really pinged uh, Danny Carvajal's ear from behind his head and Carvajal said something to him and set off running. And Ramos gave chase and booted him. Did a, did a Bishop Brennan? Was it Len? Len Brennan? Anyway, did a he did a father Crilly booting Bishop Brennan up the arse. And the laughter dominated in the in the part of the session that we were allowed to see. The laughter, absolutely, you know, and smiles. And you knew that this was a squad that I think when Neil and I spoke um, earlier in the week, we we were commenting on the fact that. Although Lopetegui departing was an unwanted distraction, although certain players in in the squad definitely will miss him because they had a very close and sort of long-lasting relationship with him, this is a squad that has got its head on straight and that knows what it's here for. And it's it's got a bit of a self-cleaning oven feel to it. Um, I'm not certain how much coaching is needed. Having said all that, the session indicated that um, there was going to be good spirit in the game, and so it proved. As a little aside, Neil, I know you'd have been asking this question if you were up at four o'clock in the morning, as I am, here back in Krasnodar, having flown back with the Spain team. 
Um, and I'm recording this now partly so that people can get it early in the morning, but also partly because I feel the need to, to try and live like the players because I think we, we all imagine that they just, maybe they're automatons that get pulled out of a cupboard and put on a football pitch, whereas instead the idea of playing like that or either sitting on a bench like that and getting a sort of Nutella sandwich, which is what one of some of them were eating, and then a flight home where there were loads of delays, like some players were in doping because it was so humid, they'd sweated out and they couldn't produce. Then they did, and then um, there was a flight delay, and it's it's four-ish now in the morning. Um, the players will be just about reaching their um, residence. They'll be sort of thinking about trying to get some sleep. Some of them probably won't sleep till breakfast time, and there's a on Saturday there's an 11 a.m. training session here. Anyway, back to the back to the um, the night out because I know Neil would have been asking how I used my uh, Thursday night, and of course what I did do was um, got an Irish bar and then. Um, and sing until dawn with the, the rest of my crew, which is very enjoyable indeed. And Sochi is a very attractive place, but humid. The humidity was gigantic. And, and I had it in mind that one or other team might wilt a little bit in the last stages. And, and I think that the evidence of your own eyes will tell you that Spain played the better football, had the ball more, um, and played with tremendous unity and, and spirit and, and to react to being 1-0 um, down at the beginning of the World Cup in such a fashion against such a rival and score three times I think is of merit. I began to get texts and phone calls from all over the world, friends or contacts right around the world talking about this as a classic World Cup match. And I think that's that's evidently true, but it was odd too. There were errors of possession. We've talked about David De Gea already. Um, there were moments when chances went a-begging. There was Isco's thunderbolt shot off the bar, which to the naked eye I thought was in. Um, technology, if you trust it, <laughs> has said it wasn't in. There was the penalty decision whereby, again, I, I just have to be clear that to the naked eye I thought, nah, that, that's not. Gerard Piquet after the game said, well, Cristiano does throw himself about a bit and the referees tend to blow the foul. And then Nacho said, well, you know, there was contact. Uh, looking at it again, now that I'm back in Krasnodar, I have to say, I think that Ronaldo was pretty clever, but we'll leave it at that, given the type of uh, work that I do. It's not for me to make controversial comments, but uh, maybe after the World Cup, we'll have a word about that one. Ronaldo. Is that a penalty? It is! And Portugal have the opportunity to take the lead. Cristiano Ronaldo, he's the only Portuguese player to score at three different World Cups. It's 1-0 Portugal, and was there ever any doubt? And then um, for Diego Costa uh, to score in the way that he did, again, I've not seen replays, and it, it was a trick. It was a long ball that really Portugal should have dealt with in a number of ways. Gets the header and goes down. Play continues. It's Diego Costa. Can he get the shot away? Costa scores. And while Spain celebrate, Portugal are extremely upset about the manner of that goal. They felt there was a clear foul there. 
and I think Costa commits a foul. I don't think there's any doubt about that on Pepe. You'll all be playing the world's smallest violin about Pepe being fouled, but it was a foul, and Rocky didn't see it, which is one of the things about the long ball game. Um, how can a referee keep up with that? It, I, I have some sympathy with him, um, but Portugal should have dealt with it, uh, I would have argued. De Gea, you know, took the culpability and said, look, you know, nobody's dead. I, it's a mistake. Keepers make mistakes. And post-match, I'm talking about the fact that um, that goal just pre-halftime really was the one that probably, given how they played in the second half, probably nicked a victory away from Spain. Clearly, arithmetic and chronology says that it was Cristiano Ronaldo's absolutely fabulous free kick that um, actually rescued the draw. But I think the the damage that um, goal did um, was such that had Spain come out playing the way they did at 1-1, they might well have run away with the game. It wasn't a B. Um, Portugal were smart. Portugal played very well on the break, except for their finishing. There were a couple of instances where Gedge should have reproduced his Valencia form and, and maybe given Portugal the win. Nonetheless, um, he didn't. Um, Nacho's goal was funny because, I mentioned, because you know that we filmed the green screen um, in this project that we're in just now, and that green screen allows the presentation of the players up on the big screen in the games or on the TV when, I guess, when there's a goal scored or when the teams are being named, those little graphics of the player faces with the or the, the player's body with their arms behind their back, that's something that we have to, fa- uh, to, to film. And as part of the filming, you're asked to say to the player, look, do you want to do a... Uh, you know, a funny one as well, a special celebration one, um, which they do so well in golf. I don't know if you've seen the the golf graphics where the the player will be one player will be like um, putting a pencil behind his ear, another one will be taking off his cap, and they're all doing different things, and it, it looks really nice. Well, I said to him, actually, let's do a goal celebration as you as you walk towards the green screen camera. No, he said, no, I don't score. Well, um, struck it quite nicely, wouldn't you say? Players of the top, top elite class are dotted around this tournament. I think they'll have a hard job beating that goal. Nacho, my hat is off to you. Cristiano Ronaldo's goal, too, utterly exceptional. Look at how high PK jumps um, already, whatever he's 6'3", 6'4", I don't know, jumps you know as far as he can and the ball still bends around him and Busquets into the top corner. Utterly sensational goal. Ronaldo. Oh, genius. Absolute genius. Backstage, very, very interesting. Um, I spent time interviewing uh, both Nacho and Koki. Both really decent guys. Happy to talk about the game at length. Um, happy to stop, which is you know not the case with every single footballer, but interesting and I like particularly what Cookie said, which is that um, there's there's a unity in this group that was built up under Lopetegui for the last two years, and he talked about the the harmony, the feeling, the unity, the team spirit, which meant that 
even going 1-0 down to Cristiano Ronaldo's penalty so early against European champions and Iberian neighbours, Portugal, meant that they took it as a tiny road bump and weren't thrown at all. I think the evidence of the game backs that idea. And the rest of the evening was spent, um, as is often the case, running around the stadium, making sure that you're through security, and getting onto the convoy, which is the convoy of police-escorted cars and team coach that, that screams away from the stadium to um, to Sochi Airport. And then back, um, one of the doctors, one of the team doctors, a very popular figure, had his, it has his birthday um, on this date. And he, he reckons as well that it was on this date that Spain lost to Switzerland in, in Durban. And he said that was a, a pretty bitter experience as a birthday one. But this was nice because the pilot announced that it was the doctor's, um, Dr. Cotto's um, birthday. And the entire plane, including all the players, uh, gave him a huge round of applause and sung happy birthday to him, happy birthday to him, which is typical of this group. They're, they're a really good bunch. Right across the plane, there were dotted people playing cards, playing chess, playing some sort of Ludo-style game on a, on a big iPad too. Um the mood was pretty good, I'd have to say. Um, I think that all of them were dead set against losing. And the idea that um, a 3-2 win was snatched away from them and therefore they should have been pretty down in the dumps somehow wasn't the case. Um, I think the idea of taking a point and, and having not lost. But above all, it was absolutely clear that patches of that were as good as Spain have played since the Italy game. Uh, which they won 3-0, pretty much a sure qualification. There was absolute glowing and quick and crisp football from Silva and from Isco. I thought also, as the as the game went on, um, it, it seemed that Jordi Alba was absolutely flying. And I think across the team, um, including when Thiago came on, there was a rhythm and and, and assuredness and... Um, it was very important that Isco found his his crisp, intense, quick rhythm and confidence again, and he and I thought he did, and therefore there was a it's just a really really good night of football all around. Whether you're a Portugal supporter, Spain supporter, or a neutral, and I want to pick out one thing that really stood out to me, and I kind of anticipated it would happen. For those of you who read my Spain book, um, I pointed out that against Paraguay. Uh, Pepe Reina was absolutely sure which way the penalty taker, I think it was Oscar Cardozo of Benfica. The, the Liverpool and Benfica, I'm pretty sure, had played in the Europa League or Champions League, Champions League maybe, and Pepe Reina had studied really closely how Cardozo would take his penalties. Shouted from the touchline to Ica Casillas which way to dive. Ica Casillas followed that um, advice, saved the penalty, and there was a sort of salute across the pitch to the two rivals for the number one spot. Pepe Reina is a big guy. Um, well, one of you asked me, you know, if I had to take a night out with one of the squad, who would it be? And I said him, because he's a he's a decent guy. He's funny. He's raucous. He's um, ultra competitive. And I just I just sort of share a lot of values and ideas with him. And at halftime, having thought about the. The Carrius mistake in Kiev, and a few of the of his players went to support him, went to look after him. Then I just knew what Pepe Reina would be doing at halftime. He's up off the bench, out running towards De Gea, 
supporting him, giving him encouragement, just kind of maybe De Gea didn't need it as much as Carrius did, but just making sure that De Gea didn't feel isolated alone or, you know, that people were shunning him because he, he, he'd let them down, something like that. To see Reina doing that at halftime told me a lot about what I expected to see in, in the second half on the pitch and, and lo and behold, it, it came true. So here we are um, back in Krasnodar um, on Saturday morning. It's 11 o'clock train, as I said. And then um, potentially Nacho is going to start speaking about the ups and downs of his sort of pretty remarkable career. A guy who deputises across the back four for Real Madrid and stood in for Carvajal, who's now fit. So did Nacho do enough to keep Danny Carvajal out of the team? Did Fernando Hierro enjoy his first night as Spain coach? <coughs> Brackets, discreet cough, yes. Are Spain good enough to beat Iran and then Morocco and try and top the group? Well, more here. Stay with us, sign up with us. This is the World Cup on the Big Inside View. I really hope you're enjoying these World Cup shows. We've got huge plans for next season, but we do need your help to make them happen. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, a member, to join us, to support us. You'll get an extra big interview every month, plus lots of other bonus content. Last season, our members got nine exclusive big interviews, including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Dini, and Roberto Di Matteo. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Do it now, please. <laughs> 